to Expounded Universe, Season 18, Episode 4, Isometric Exercise. The book, I, Jedi, by Michael Stackpole. The year, 1998. Chapters 11 through 14, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast where we discuss Star Wars novels in podcast format. I'm Jeff. That's John. How are you? I Not am, you. I'm talking to listeners. I am Jedi. <laughs> I believe it's just I, Jedi. No, I am Jedi. Oh, is going to be the title of your book? Yeah. Hmm. I am Jedi. Hear me roar. <laughs> yes. In numbers too loud to ignore. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the line? Is that not the line? Yeah, but why would that be the, the the whole title of my book? I would want brevity. No, no, I want that Fiona Apple second album shit where it's all like a huge poem. That's that's my favorite style of I album bet titles. It is. Yeah, I mean I don't remember anything after Win the Pawn and neither do you, and neither does anyone. I don't even think Fiona Apple remembers it. <laughs> Especially not Fiona Apple. <laughs> but uh but I appreciate that she did that and I like to pretend that title also had a long name after the beginning. Sure. Mm-hmm. But you're good? You're fine? Yeah. Yeah? All right. You're good? I'm ready to play. <laughs> Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. Ready? Ready. To play. Ready to play. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, not a whole lot going on. We've, uh, I've just had a, I've had a day where I've been being tantrumed at because Sage noticed a balloon was starting to lose a little helium. Oh, Oh, boy. The ephemeral nature of things is something that three-year-olds are new to understanding or coping with. Yeah. She's just not not having it. Not good. It's not a good time. <laughs> she kept asking me where the helium was and if I could just go get it. Yeah. Like, just go find the helium. Just go grab it. <laughs> it's somewhere in the house. <laughs> it's probably in the top corners of the house, right? Right? <laughs> I wonder if we let enough balloons into the house and then popped them all and with the house, like all the doors closed and everything. Could you huff, like, the top couple inches of the house to get the high voice? Could you huff that top inch of house? Is that possible? You know when you huff that top inch of house, that good inch? <laughs> that good inch. <laughs> Hedwig and the helium inch, they call it. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be a very wasteful exercise, given that there is a massive helium shortage and a, a uh, predicted running out date for helium. Great. <laughs> Where we'll just be out of it. That'll be wonderful. <laughs> Future kids won't know the joy of uh, of inhaling helium and talking like a munchkin for a second or two. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait until we get to the point where it's so scarce mm-hmm. that that's one of those things where you can be like, I used to just huff that shit and be like, God damn, that's wasteful. <laughs> well, you probably won't live that long. Last I checked, the strategic reserve of helium is supposed to last another 117 years. Well, what if I am? Huh? What if I am going to live that long? Dude, even you don't want to do that. Of course I don't. <laughs> I didn't want to live this long. <laughs> and yet here you are, dragging your ass in here every day to talk Star Wars. Drag my ass off the Sealy every morning. <laughs> shove my face in the reaping machine. <laughs> so, so Star Wars. Stars of Wars. I don't even remember where these chapters start. They're all pretty samey. Well, I think we, it's the rock exercise. No, no, 
No. No. So, uh, I mean, mostly the chapter starts, and you're right, there are a lot of sameness to all of this. Yes. But it's mostly just, uh, since we previously left, right after the, uh, the, like, floating exercises and shit. Yes. Uh, our hero, Corin Horn, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I... I you know I I don't know if I'll use hero but our protagonist Cornhorn yeah has uh has been down on himself yeah he's not feeling groovy because he can't lift rocks yeah with his mind I but he, he removed a couple ribs and now he's down on himself <laughs> uh, <laughs> the force makes him strong in all things ah <laughs> but he uh. he seems to have no grasp or capability to affect non living objects with the force uh or, or to the use the arts of force telekinesis yeah and you know mostly we start out with him just being like uh we've already discussed this i suck because i can't lower my barriers and also don't want to yeah because he's like in order to actually become a good jedi i'm gonna have to learn how to not be the person i currently am yes and that scares him it, and it should because he'll fall off his cop union and all the other cops will like <laughs> try and put him in line or short his sheets or something and then they'll get him fired oh no my sheets yeah his shortened sheets and he's a, he's not an especially tall man but he's tall enough he's tall enough mm. Mm. so i i don't remember I, I genuinely don't remember the first one of these chapters because i thought it started at the rock no because uh please you you lead well yeah like i was saying we do start with him being kind of sad and mopey, uh, and that leads him to be like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'll go up to the roof and have a nice time at uh, True Night, because this is a planet that has, like, a nighttime that's twilight for a long time, mm -hmm. and then it has a True Night where it actually doesn't have any heat coming in, and it is super cold. Yes. Which makes sense, because it orbits a moon instead of a planet. Sorry, it is a moon orbiting a gas giant. Yes. Uh, you'd think that as it orbits a gas giant, I, I, I guess, yeah, it would be when they're facing away from both the gas giant and the solar system's sun. Yeah. That it, that it becomes true night, and it gets extraordinarily cold. Yeah. So, and, uh, so he's having a hard time trying to reconcile with, with his perceived failures and decides to head up to the roof to, to you know, bum a smoke and... and and look at just do roof stuff well yeah he's gonna go up onto the roof and be like clearly what i need to do is go onto the roof and put like one leg up on you know the edge mm -hmm. and kind of look out at the stars and have one of those moments but when he gets up there Streen is already up there doing that yeah well Streen, of course as we have previously met this character Streen, an elderly gentleman from bespin does not like people likes high places and likes being alone yeah the old bird man of bespin and mm -hmm. it's not even that he doesn't like people uh as we discussed in jedi search when we first met him he has a problem of uh not being able to control his mind reading abilities yes so whenever he's around people he gets bombarded with their thoughts and emotions and it's really hard for him to block those out yes so he tends to want to be anywhere else but around people uh but when uh corin gets there he's like oh it's fine if you're here you're real closed off uh, that's right he was all like telling corin that he said he's <laughs> that was right he was like oh it's fine if you're here because corin was like oh no i understand you're like the guy who has trouble with uh with 
not reading people. I'll, I'll leave. You you got here first. It's yours. And he's like, no, I can tell from your aura that you're super closed off, but a great, responsible man who's worthy of a lot of pride. <laughs> no, he's like, and you've got a hot wife, I take it. <laughs> no, he's like, uh, you, you're very closed off, so you don't really radiate stuff. What you do radiate, though, is that you are very proud. <laughs> yes. Which he's confused by, and this is the first time we're seeing anyone poke at his secret identity. Yeah. Because he's like, why are you super proud? What did you do exactly? Yeah. Our, all the story we have on you would imply that you did nothing, and now you're here. Yeah, he's like, basically, all we've heard is, yeah, you are you come from a line of, of Jedis before, mm -hmm. but now you're here, and you don't really have any training or ability, so it's not like... Ah, uh, yes, you came from a line of Jedis, and they also taught you anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so, just wondering, why is it that you're just very, very proud, and, like, the only other thing I get from you is the fact that you really hate Gantoris? <laughs> and he's like, well, you don't need to be a fucking Jedi to know I hate Gantoris. That guy sucks. <laughs> that guy's a real piece of shit. Uh -oh. uh, but, yeah, he he's like, yeah, of course I'm proud. I've seen every anime. <laughs> I am every anime. It's all in me. <laughs> the good anime, the better anime. I've seen all the anime. <laughs> and I'm very proud. Ask me a question. Uh, but he's like, yeah, no, all I get from you is you've seen pain and loss, mm -hmm. but also you have pride. You've seen fire and you've seen rain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, this is a, a an, an obvious dig into his past, which... Even though Strain is just being well-meaning and friendly and trying to, like, make a friend. Yeah. Uh, it's still Cornhorn's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Can't can't have people digging into my silly Stanislavski method Kier and Halcyon crap. Better uh, better reroute the old conversation. Which mostly goes towards how much Gantoris sucks. Yes. And Strain's like, yeah, well, you know, he was showing off, but that's just because before we ever even got here, mm -hmm. Luke taught him how to move things with his mind. And he's like, oh, so he already knew how to do this shit. And he was just showing off for people because he's an asshole. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When he was doing the rock orbiting thing, it was just because he'd already been taught that technique. Yeah. Although I got to assume everybody here knows what Jedi can do. So you'd think they'd all be like, oh, wait, we can move stuff. I think I'll try learning that one. And given that I mean... we saw Luke's instructions and Luke's instructions were like, Pretend that your mind has arms and just reach out with your pretend mind arms and like flick metal. And <laughs> Gantaros was like, oh, pretend I've got invisible mind arms. That's the secret. Hey, <laughs> I mean, given, I guess no one else thought of that. Well, given that Jedi haven't really been a thing for a while. I don't think they're like, ah, oh, yes, all of us are experts on what Jedi can do. Hey, one of these dudes got a lightsaber. Another one of them has been a Force user for years. Another one's been studying the Force for a really long time. A lot of these people seem to have extra Force practice. I mean, the only one who's studied anything is Tiana. And Cam Solusar, son of a famous Jedi. Eh. <laughs> we just don't hear much about him in this book. Yeah, Cam's, uh, Cam's very background yes. in this book. Yeah, yes. But yeah, uh, this gives Korra a chance to kind of blow off some team. He's like, oh, that's why he was able to do it. Because he's cheating. He's a big old lousy cheater. And the reason he didn't admit to that is because it gives him a sense of winning. Yeah. And Strain's like, mostly Gantoris is just, like, essentially like you, mm -hmm. trying to figure out what the fuck 
and how to do things. Because without having a structure or a way to compare himself against anyone, he's just kind of like, what, my instructions are, go learn the Force? Thanks, Luke. That's great. <laughs> so instead, he's focused on you because you're the only other motherfucker here that seems to be like, oh, fuck you, I'm going to practice shit. That's true. He does. Which is funny because it really feels like Cornhorn isn't practicing to, to uh, be a Jedi, but to remind himself that he isn't. Like every time he's like out for a run or working out, he's like, yeah, I got to stay in shape so I could be a good pilot. I got to be an X-Wing pilot. I got to find my wife. He's never like, I got to learn to be a Jedi. That's important. He doesn't really give a shit. This is just cover. Yeah. Every time he's like, oh, man, I can't connect with the force because I, I won't open myself up. Also, I don't want to. Fuck it. And you're yeah. like, dude, <laughs> get your shit together. <laughs> but conversation doesn't go on forever. It's as soon as True Night begins, it genuinely is very, very cold. Oh, yeah. No, it, like, we should probably get the fuck it's out. It's dangerous. <laughs> we don't want to die of frostbite out here. Yeah. So, uh, you know. At that point, we get to uh, the the boulder experiment. Yeah, they they uh, they have to practice with the boulder, the boulder. <laughs> and uh, so, because they've had the whole like size matters not thing, mm -hmm. and they've been trying to do the whole like ah uh, let's lift some stuff or pull things or do whatever, and he's like, all right, here we go. Uh, and they there's like a there's a time fl fl uh, skip in there where he's, they're like practice a bunch of levitation for a while. Oh yeah, and, and he he uh, never gets it. No, Cornhorn's like I am fine at doing all the passive shit. I can use it to like sense when people are around. I mm -hmm. can use it to do whatever, but I'm just absolute shit at trying to move stuff. Yeah, basically Cornhorn has the following force abilities. They're all internalized. He can sense when things are about to happen to him. And he can sense life in other areas, but only insofar as it relates to him. So he has a very interior-focused force capability. He has no ability to alter things. He can't reach out into the world and move stuff or change the essential properties of things. He can use them for reflexes, for healing himself, for, for not being hungry. But some of the most basic force stuff, all the, all the telekinesis crap, he has no capability for. And that's fine, because one of the things with EU Jedi is that they tend to be trick Jedi. Yeah... It's weird to me because they're like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, every Jedi's got something they're going to be better at than some yeah. other Jedi. And I go, that's fine. But it feels like you really established in the movies that, like, telekinesis was sort of one of those very basic, like, if you can connect to the Force, the whole point of being connected to the Force is... You are connected to everything, and you can kind of move stuff. Yeah, I mean, granted, at this point, the movies consisted of, what, four, maybe five Jedi total? Because we weren't going to see Phantom Menace for another three years. Yeah. So we had no idea that all Jedi were pretty much the same fucking guy. <laughs> all Jedi were basically this motherfucker. Yeah, they're all they're all Luke, except if they're shorter than Luke, they're extra flippy. That's, that's all Jedi. We know that now going forward. Uh. Uh, so... So here in the EU, we still have this whole thing where Jedi tend to have unique strengths and talents and weaknesses. And uh, he's decided, has Luke, that now is a good time to try and do an experiment with, like, all right, I've been having you lift little things and move them around and do some dumb bullshit. Time for the old size matters not. Yeah, we're going to all gather in a circle around a big old boulder that's just been sitting here in the dirt forever. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, we're going to see if y'all can just move this. Yeah, it's a big stone that's sunk. It's a big boulder sunk into the earth. 
And he's like, I have no idea how big this is. It might be the top of a pyramid. It could be a, a giant stone plinth that goes down for 50 meters, or it could just be this boulder. But, I don't know. But through the force, all things are possible, so why don't you jot that down? <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. And, of course, Gantorus is like, I will be the first to do this. <laughs> and Corrin's like, actually, why don't you let me do this? Well, it's funny because, yeah, obviously Gantorus is, you know, the alpha, so he's like, I gotta do it. Let me do it. But Cornhorn's response is, actually, Luke, I think I would be like to be the first to do. <laughs> and Luke's like, ooh, that's from that do or do not, there is no try part. That I just keep hmm. saying. Partial. I've, I've only been taught by two people mm -hmm. for about five minutes each. <laughs> Partial bonus credit. You get to go first remembering part of a Yoda quote. But he's like, the reason I want to go is because I am shit at this. Yes. And he's like, I think... It's because I'm a shitty-ass cop, and I only do things when it actually matters. Yeah. So, now that everyone is staring at me, and I have said I'm going to do it, now that I have pressure on me, maybe I'll actually be able to. Yeah. And so, he reaches deep down inside and finds his key center and focuses on it and builds an energy ball and... And uh, does, passes the passes energy ball the energy back and ball. forth. <laughs> does some basic word association exercises. <laughs> Plays <laughs> freeze tag for a bit. You know. Quick round of I went to market and I brought an apple. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when he was talking to Strain, Strain was like, oh, the force is great. Like, it's five pounds of life in a ten pound bag or ten pounds of life in a five pound bag. The opposite. Whatever. Yeah. It's, He's just like, it fills you up and it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Because uh, one of the questions that he got asked up on the roof by Corin was, what's the force like for you? Because they all, everyone has their own way of perceiving what the force is. Like, he apparently sees it as his arm hair growing extra arm hair and then turning into webs of super arm hair. Uh, but he's pretty sure that not everyone works like that. So he asked Street and Street's like, yeah, that sounds ridiculous. Like, what would happen if you shaved? <laughs> For oh. me, it feels like I can constantly feel every little bit of everything hitting me from every direction. Like, I'm just aware of all the stuff. And it's beautiful. It's like I'm surrounded by stars, and they keep hitting me like a fucking pinball. <laughs> He's like, it's basically all the best stuff in life. Yes. He's like, it is when you're the lamentations of, of your enemies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's that's exactly what it is. It's, that's what it is for Strain. I mean, I don't. I, I, honestly, really quick before we get to the stone, I do want to go back real quick to the Strain conversation because there's a bit where Strain's worried that he has previously dallied with the dark side himself. Oh yeah, and he tells a little story about how. Oh, he's like, look, I come from a planet where I had nobody around for decades. It was me and these big scavenger reptile bird things called rocks, and I gotta tell you, they're stupid. They're, I never once was able to teach a single one to do a trick. But they would show up if I had food. And Horn's like, ah, I got some friends that can't even do that other part. <laughs> but Streen's like, yeah, great. I don't really care about your camaraderie. I wanted to, I'm bringing up a terrible story. One time there was ro one rock that I thought was smarter than the other ones. And uh, I tried to get train it to do a trick and it just wouldn't work. So I just kind of reached into its mind and made it do a stupid dance for my amusement. And then I fed it and rewarded it and never did it again. But I still think by reaching into its mind and forcing it to do a stupid dance, I might have been on the dark side. Yeah. And, you know, Gorn's like, dude, who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, on a scale of 
one to blowing up Alderaan, who gives a shit, my dude? Which is, I feel like that's not a very nice answer, you know? Like, Strain hasn't had a lot of opportunities to do huge, big things in his life. He spent the whole time being a gas prospector. So when when he's like, like uh, yeah, I reached into this bird's mind, one of the very few living things I've interacted with for the past 30 years, and I just grabbed one of them, my core companions, and against its will, puppeted it into performing as a fucking clown for my amusement. And Corrin's response is, birds don't matter, you idiot. <laughs> eh, on the grand scale of things, who gives a I'll shit? tell you what, there wasn't a single fucking thing you could have done in the past 30 years that would have been dark side. You don't matter, worm. <laughs> uh, that's not really that. But no, I mean, mostly <laughs> Horn's perspective is basically like, dude, unless you are like actually murdering someone or shooting lightning at people, who cares? Yeah. Like his view of the dark side is very much like eh. it's just Vader. He's a, it's the only dark side practitioner he's really aware of. Yeah, he's just kind of like, look, unless you are actually doing harm to a person, yeah, I don't care. Yes, like if you went up to a bird and grabbed its wings and made it do a little dance. I wouldn't arrest you, and I'm a cop, and I'll arrest anyone. <laughs> Wait, you're a cop? No. I no, mean, I'm, a, I'm a Jedi, famous son of a Jedi. I'm a famous cop. I'm a famous statue. I'm an, Bye. Or <laughs> I'm an orbital song. <laughs> anyway, back to the stone. So after uh, Horn teachers pets his way into being the first person to try, he reaches down deep inside, and all of a sudden he starts to really feel it. He's getting that force energy. He can feel everything. He can feel all the people and the trees and the rocks and the, the dirt. And he reaches down. He can get the web of tendrils all the way around the stone, the whole fucking stone. He can feel all the boulder. And then he lifts it. And he has to shake it loose from the earth because it's like pulling a tooth at first. It's impossible. But then little by little, it rises into the air, centimeter by centimeter, micron by micron. And then he's like, I got to prove myself. This is my one big chance to do it. It's not enough for me to kind of lift the stone off the ground. It's got to be up over everybody's heads so that everyone can see that I could do this. Yeah, he's like, I want to be able to lift it to the point where when I open my eyes, I will be looking under the boulder at Master Luke. Yes. So because we are, you know, on either side of the boulder, I need to be able to lift it up at least like six feet so I can look at Luke. Yeah. So he does just that. And then he opens his eyes and sure enough, there's the boulder floating there and in the sure sky. Sure enough, there's no boulder there. Well, in his, for a split second, there's the boulder. And he's like, ah, I did it. Cool. He gets a chance to see it. And then Luke talks and he looks over at Luke. And then when he looks back, the boulder's on the ground, in the ground. See, I... I read it as he did not ever see it. Oh, I read it as he did. But, you know, I read it as he looked around at everyone else because mm -hmm. he looked at it and went, oh, shit, I didn't do anything. But everyone else was re reacting like he had. Oh, OK, well, uh, maybe everyone can draw their own conclusions from from reading the book again. I mean, death of the author, but also you didn't read it right. So <laughs> <laughs> don't wish death on the author. What is wrong with you? Uh, no, it's OK. The author is already dead. <laughs> anyway. Uh, either he sees the boulder or he doesn't, but he certainly imagines, <laughs> the, he imagines the boulder. Uh, but the whole point is, instead of actually moving the boulder with telekinesis, he just Jedi mind tricked everyone into seeing it. Yes, including himself for the most part, because he fully Except believed for he, he didn't. He believed he did it. That's Jedi mind tricking himself into thinking he did it. No, he had his eyes closed and envisioned it. 
happening. And that vision is what he projected into everyone's minds. Mm-hmm. And then he opened his eyes and saw that the rock was still on the ground. But did he believe that he himself lifted the rock off the ground? Uh, before he opened his eyes, yes. yes. Then he Jedi mind tricked himself. Fuck you. Fuck your entire family. No. Yeah. If I imagine I'm eating an apple yeah. and then I open my eyes and I'm not, I didn't Jedi mind trick myself. I used my imagination. <laughs> when you imagine you're eating the apple, do you f- taste the apple? Yeah, he didn't taste the stone, my dude. <laughs> I'm just saying he experienced all of the sensations associated with feeling like he lifted the boulder. He tri- he convinced himself up until the point where he was no longer convinced. <laughs> oh god i'd want to just have this argument with you for the rest of the episode (laughs) folks it's gonna be a long one (laughs) buckle up motherfuckers we're doing it (laughs) Uh, okay so but yes so at first when you know he looks around and everyone's kind of like astonished and looking up at where he had imagined the boulder would have been uh and luke kind of goes all right cut that shit and then waves his hand and everyone stops seeing the illusion yes and they're like hey what the fuck just happened yeah uh so everyone's just sort of super confused it it, it, he slowly dawns on the realization that he didn't actually affect anything in the world uh physically he just reached into everyone's minds and gave them the image of the boulder floating around which i think is because when he started getting into like being able to connect to the force the way he did it was to connect to everyone around him first. So instead of being like, oh, I'm going to reach out and sense everything that's there, and then I'm going to focus on the boulder, he was like, oh, I'm going to individually connect to everyone's mind first. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you fucked up. Yeah. And this basically looks like, wow, okay, um, that wasn't what was supposed to happen, but I am very impressed. It's good. It's it's nice. Uh, Uh... Way to be. What's funny is that, like, out of these four chapters we read this week, like, three of them uh, are Luke conducting an exercise, and then it goes slightly wrong, and he tells everyone to go the fuck away. Every time he's like, all right, this week we're going to try this trick. Uh, oh. Okay, everyone back to your rooms. All right, well, turns out I'm not good at teaching when all I've had are a couple sporadic lessons myself. Maybe instead of trying to ape the random shit that I got told, I should come up with my own lesson plans. Yeah. Turns out, okay, I've got it here. We've got the part when he opens his eyes, the rock is still on the ground. So you got that part right. That said, he has he is absolutely convinced that he can feel the rock floating up above the ground above before that. So that's where I was coming from. Okay. All right, there we go. Now we can hug it out and be friends. Yeah, now that you admitted that I was right. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Okay, good. Because I admitted that I am right as well. We are both right. <laughs> you can't admit that you are yourself right. Yeah, maybe you can't. You're not strong enough in the force yet. <laughs> uh, did you just mind trick yourself into thinking you're right? Huh? <laughs> Apparently, that's what he did. That's what the book is a story of. <laughs> the guy who mind tricked himself. <laughs> <sighs> so Luke's like, wow, um... Well, neat. <laughs> and of course, Gantoris is like, what the fuck just happened? And he's like, uh, well, 
Uh, Kieran showed us that he has some ability with the force. That's what happened anyway. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, what Kieran did was feel the force. Um, so good. Uh, good job. You're <laughs> on the road to being a Jedi. No mistakes. No bad decisions. <laughs> No stupid questions here <laughs> yeah. at Jedi Academy. Anyway, it just goes right back to, I think it's post-run again. Oh, yeah. Those runs are perfect setups for how episodic this section is. Because he has another morning run. He's standing there all sweaty and sore when Luke just sort of shows up in his room. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm so sweaty. I should take my clothes off. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> is this the one where he confronts him about being mean to Gantoris or... Because I think there's two chapters where he confronts him in his room. Well, yeah, this one is... The holocron reveal. Yes. He's like, okay, I just wanted to go ahead and tell you what you did last night and also tell you about this holocron. So mm -hmm. he's like, what you did was you fucking altered everyone's mind. Yeah. Uh, you you Obi-Wan to everybody. Because he's like, all right, well, let me tell you a real story. And he tells him about the, the these aren't the droids you're looking for moment. Yes. What I find fascinating about this is that he's like, there's only a few people I know of who can really do that. The other big one was Vader. And in my mind, I've always kind of considered this move you're doing sort of a slow path to the dark side, which I've always been like, yeah, it's always weird to me that people take the Jedi mind trick and try everything they can to rope it around into being a light side maneuver. Yeah. I it mean, is not. No, I do appreciate that this book is like, Oh, and here, here's Bodo Bass. Yeah. The Jedi in this holocron. And he's like, yeah, dude, Alter Mind is, uh, ooh, it's real dark side adjacent. <laughs> Bodo Bass confirming that apparently Star Wars holocrons are just singing fish statues. <laughs> uh, here's the great Jedi master, Billy Bass. Wally Bully. Why is he uh, all tinny? Oh, he's 20,000 years old. <laughs> Please. This holocron's been around. <laughs> but yeah, he's got an old holocron. He's like, this thing is a super important thing from the old Jedi days. Uh, there's this dude, Bodo Boss, who inserted his mind into it as sort of a force ghost. Uh, he will answer. He can sense how strong you are in the force and will not give you answers to questions that you're not ready for. It's a really cool device. Yeah, and I like that Luke is like, honestly, there might be shit that he's not telling me because I'm not ready for it, and I don't know, because he's not going to tell me what he's not telling me. <laughs> but yeah, Luke's like, dude, that, that move you just did, I don't think it's 100% dark side, but it is definitely, here's the thing, once you learn how to do it, it's real easy to solve all your problems by just reaching into people's heads and changing what they're thinking, and that's dark side-y, so you've got to learn to not do what you did a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, look, the whole point of the dark side being seductive is that it's the easy path. Yeah. You just give in and you're like, oh, I did a whole bunch of shit and all I had to do was be angry. What I find funny is that Horns keeps keeps being like, wait, did I do a bad? Am I a bad man? Am I a dark? Am I the baddie? Am I a Sitho? And he's like, no, no. Okay, no. First of all, let me tell you another story. I did this too. I did this to Bib Fortuna. Uh, <laughs> uh. I was having a day. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Look, I, was, I started wearing all black. I really got into it. Yeah. So... Yeah, all black, one black glove, real situation. But then, I, t I gotta tell you, I did it to Bib Fortuna, and then I tried to do it to Jabba right after, and he just laughed at me. So it is not 100% reliable. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just maybe, maybe take to heart. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be a dark side. <laughs> Later, I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying, keep an eye on that shit. 
And also, fucking leave Gantoris alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Quit bullying Gantoris. He's had it rough. Well, basically, Luke's like, look, I know you kind of had the overview on everybody who's here, but let me tell you a little more about Gantoris. He's from an insanely shitty planet where he was almost certain that he was simply going to die with everyone else when the place's orbit decayed. Yeah, he spent his entire life doing everything he could to keep the people alive on Garbage Planet until it died. And uh, right as I got out to him and taught him everything, he was like, I can't go with you. I have to keep all these assholes alive. And I was like, well, I represent the Lollipop Guild, the the New Republic. I'll I'll give them Dantooine. Who gives a fuck? Dantooine. Enjoy it. (laughs) That definitely won't be a big mistake later. Spoiler alert, it was. Um, (laughs) But now he's like, oh, I've spent my entire life being this hard ass leader and I have no need to be. So he's looking for ways to kind of find his place. And he zeroed in on you as a person who was doing the same thing and needs to be put in their place. So please don't have a rivalry with him. And again, Horn gives like the asshole answer where he's like, I don't have a rivalry with him. He sucks, but that doesn't mean I have a rivalry with him. <laughs> I'm better than him. That doesn't mean we're rivals. <laughs> yeah. He's like, look, Antoris is a rival with you because he's like, all right, I can't beat you physically, but I'm better at you like with the force telekinetically yeah and now that you've shown a ridiculous aptitude in like something mind he, powers which he doesn't even know the first part of just i'm gonna throw this out there that's going to spur him on more please do not throw gasoline on this fire jesus christ man <laughs> and he's like fine fine i'll keep it in my pants but yeah it's just great where he's like no we're not rivals why would i be rivals with that guy he sucks and i'm better than him <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not rivals. I just have a crush on and I'm going to steal his girl. (laughs) By being a better skier than he is. (laughs) And then I'm going to bulldoze his community center to build more cop parking lots. (laughs) That's all, Luke. No big deal. Uh, But Luke is like, all right. So because you are good at this and I want you to have, you know, something you have shown aptitude for and you can use your powers for this Mm -hmm. i want you to at least use the whole alter mind ability so that you know when you're doing it that you have full control over it so you don't accidentally do it but just find a partner make sure they are fully willing and cognizant of what's going on so that we don't you know have some real problematic shit yeah and see if you can do some minor illusions or whatever and he's you know, he starts doing that, and he's like, man, I still suck. Unless pressure's on, I can't do anything. Yeah, the most he's able to do beyond that one moment is, like, convince Karana Tai that some things changed color and show Tion what, what she would look like if her hair was different color, which we already know what she'd look like like that, because half the half the people draw her wrong. Yeah. <laughs> check, <laughs> apparently, check out the bonus content. Apparently, Corin Horn reached out to some writers and was like, this chick blonde. This chick is a blonde white lady. Not a gray near human alien thing with gray hair. Uh, so, and, uh, unfortunately, these are chapters where he once again spends a lot of time thinking about how sexy she is. Uh, uh, but he's also like, I understand why I'm not able to do the force because I spent all my time being like, oh, you know, you don't pull your blaster out unless you intend to use it. Yeah. And so... I don't want to escalate things unless they need to be escalated. So I can generally tap in when I'm in, you know, a fight when we're doing like skirmishes and stuff, because that's an immediate danger. And I can, I feel 
free to use my power then, whereas if I'm just sitting around in a room with some lady, I'm like, this doesn't call for a use of power. I don't need to use the force. Personally, that freaks me out a little, and I feel like it should have freaked out Luke, where he should have been like, yeah, that sounds to me like you're equating the force and blasters. Yes. It's, it's not a weapon. Uh-huh. It, it can be used for defense and offense, but it can be used for a million other things as well. It is not a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and yet he's like, nope, this is just one more weapon I have. <laughs> and Luke's, instead of being like, whoa, hold on. Are you think you telling me you think of the Force exclusively as a weapon you're afraid to wield? We got to reconfigure that. Instead, he just goes, cool, you're a great Jedi. Bye, peace. <laughs> well, I mean, at least he doesn't say that shit to Luke. This is just his internal monologue. <laughs> that is true. That's fair. Uh, but then he's also like, you know, I feel like maybe... I I wish I had the same circumstances that Luke had because he was under extreme pressure to learn. Like, he started learning fucking how to be a Jedi on the flight to the Death Star. Yeah, on the on the way to Alderaan, and then on a Death Star, and yeah. then on Dagobah when his friends are being tortured. Like, there's a lot of, oh shit, I've got to do stuff. Whereas he's like, man, I'm just sitting on a planet going... Do, 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 I guess I'll try and make this orchid look purple instead of green. <laughs> I guess that's fair, but it wouldn't work very well to just hush, huck them out into danger and hope that Jedi come back. So I guess this is a good thing, technically. Yeah. Now, <laughs> uh, this leads us to the Jacuzzi of Doom. Yeah, the Doom Koozie, which I believe I remember from the other uh, book series. Because I read Jedi Academy way back in the day, or uh, Jedi Search and that whole trilogy. So there's a part towards the end that mentions another event that we didn't see happen that's part of this jacuzzi event. And I was like, oh, that's the part I remember. Ah. The part where Gantoris rescues Dorsk 81 is the part that, that I... And this is just like, also while Gantoris was doing his big rescue, Kornhorn was doing an equally good rescue of a different person. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, they're not rivals, though. They're not rivals. <laughs> they're just equals that hate each other. <laughs> they're not a joke. They're dope tugging knobs. <laughs> Calico cut pants. <laughs> you got to give. So uh, during the night, he's like, all right, everybody, uh, I want you to uh, put on some robes and we're going to real cult style. Follow me single file while I hold a lamp and we're going down into some secret caves. Yeah. And I'm still, do you think everyone's naked here? Oh, of course. They're just, they're just, they're just the nude. It very clearly feels like everyone is wearing just the robe. Well, that's because we get one line from horn in his own mind where he's like, I'm just wearing heavy robes right now. That's all I'm wearing is this big old cloak. And I, I have to wonder that has to have been like what, luke told them because when they get down there they're like oh they go through this whole like winding cave thing and they get to a hot spring mm -hmm. and it's one of those like sulfurous uh you know yellowstone type hot springs yep and then he's like all right let's get in the pool and you know like you said fucking cornhorn is just hanging dung underneath his robe so he's yeah. like throw the robe off get in the water no problem. I'm like, did everyone think to do that? Were they the told to metal? do that? Did everyone's mindset work that way? Do you think Streen was like, yeah, I should probably free ball this one? <laughs> I mean, I think that's Streen's mindset all the time. <laughs> was Dorsk 81 like, hell yeah, let's hang all 81 of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I don't know. 
Well, it's Hank Clone. You I know what like I'm Brackus, saying? Brackus is like a former Imperial with like a, a, a extremely paranoid edge to him, and he's like a spy. I don't feel like he wants to like be fully nude. Oh no. He's definitely the kind that when everyone threw off the robes, some of them were just completely naked. A couple had bathing suits, and he was in just another robe <laughs> underneath <laughs> it. <laughs> and then he just sat up a folding chair on the side of the pool and was like, you guys do it. He dips a toe and he's like, I'm good. <laughs> That's how I'd be. I hate hot tubs. <laughs> yeah, just a dick cappuccino in there. <laughs> I don't want to get in that ball soup. Get out of here. But anyway, it's not actually super hot at the moment. It's it's neutrally temperatured. It's just that it's true night outside. So Luke's whole idea is like, let's do sensory deprivation shit. Yeah, it's it's hot enough that it is basically body temperature. Yes. So that you can lose yourself in the moment you own it. Yeah. You better never let it go. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, so so everyone slips into the pool and they kind of bump into each other a little bit. There's some apologies and so Ooh. on. But, but Luke's like, hey, uh, so this is the plan. I want you all to like float and join your minds to mind and i'm going to take you on a psychedelic space journey and we're going to listen to court of the crimson king yeah he's like all right i want you to look up you see that crack where you see the stars watch this shit <laughs> hey Streen, you holding Streen's like yes obviously how, how did you know <laughs> how could you possibly have guessed my secret <laughs> that i am always good that screen is always greened up <laughs> uh and yeah, he's like, all right, we're going to take our minds and just fly through the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And while they're flying around, uh, because Corrin's like, well, I was a pilot and I've been all over the place. It's not just we were flying through the galaxy as in like, oh, we're just, you know, pretend looking at stars. He's like, no, I saw planets and shit I recognize. Yeah, he gets basically taken on a tour of stuff, places that Luke has been. And so he's <laughs> starting to recognize a lot of different locations. And then he has a moment where he's like, Oh, shit, I sense Mirax. Yeah, he senses his wife. He's like, ah, crap, Mirax, we're in whatever part of the galaxy we're in, Mirax is here. And then right as he starts to sense her, he senses like a malevolent force that's also in that area. Yeah. Like something bad is happening. And then Luke, because Luke doesn't sense any of this, Luke just moves on. Yeah, but then he's like, oh, I don't just sense a malevolent force there. There's something here as well. Yes, and it's that this shit is actually a geyser and is going to erupt and murder us. Yes. Boiling water is about to come up from the surface of, or the crust of Yavin 4 and cook everybody. And they only have a couple seconds to get out. And Luke did not know this was going to happen. No. And, you know, I'll say this. Everyone kind of senses that at the same time, because the second we get Horn's realization, where he's like, oh, fuck, we're going to die. He also hears everyone else, like, Gasp. splashing yeah. and trying to get the fuck out of the pool. Yeah, so as the heat starts to rise, Corrin's got no problem with it. He's he's physically trained enough that he's going to be able to get out of the pool by himself. But he senses that Tion has failed to grab the edge of the pool and has fallen back in. Yeah, and she's swallowed some water and, like, she is in no position and is going to die. Mm -hmm. She so can sense herself about ready to die. So he's like, all right. This is the situation I was literally just talking about. Mm -hmm. So he manages to grab hold of the force. And as the super heated water starts coming up, he just kind of absorbs the heat and uses it as a superpower to telekinetically lift Tion out and put her to the side. Yep. He absorbs the, the hot water like Bishop taking lasers and then just uses that as fuel for a telekinetic shove. Where he gets where he gets Tion out of the water and then he gets himself out 
and doesn't even feel the heat. He's just like, I feel supercharged, energy. <laughs> yeah, Hades was real pissed off. <laughs> feel the heat, feel the heat. Feel the heat. I've played Kingdom Hearts 2 and forever. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, he, he saves Tion, gets out, kind of checks on her. She's sort of dripping wet and scared and just like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck was that? Uh, and uh, Luke's like, well, what do you know? Another super fun lesson that everyone go, go to bed. Hey, looks like nobody died. Hey, successful old Luke. <laughs> Whenever I have a stupid lesson and nobody dies, that's a win in my book. So, um, everyone go to bed, I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And <laughs> he talks to Luke a little bit and he's like, so, uh, you, uh, you know what the fuck was going on there? <laughs> Well, yeah, and Luke, unfortunately, is already turning it around on him. He's like, yeah, okay, so I just watched you absorb energy and then use it as fuel to do something else. Let me tell you someone else who could do that. Darth Vader. My dad could absorb blaster bolts from Han Solo. That's right. He absorbed the blaster bolt and didn't deflect it. I've, that's what we're saying right now. I was just figuring, because we're talking about the scene where, that that's the, the Bespin scene where he just holds up his hand when Han arrives and tries to shoot lasers at him over that dinner, which Luke never saw. But he just holds a hand up and catches him. I've always thought that was just Vader being like, Haha, robot hand. <laughs> uh, well, I don't care. Shoot the shoot the robot hand. Who gives a fuck? But no. I got so many of these. It's because he can absorb power and also his glove is invincible. That's right. <laughs> it was the invincible glove of Darth Vader. I wonder if that's the inspiration for the invincible glove of Darth Vader. Of course Vader. it is. The, the time when he just was like, blaster bolts. <laughs> Teehee. <laughs> no, everyone saw that scene and tried to come up with an explanation outside of just because it was cool. And so someone decided... Oh, it's because his glove's invulnerable. And someone else decided he could absorb energy. He's an X-Man. <laughs> I was just figuring it was him being like, I've got 7,000 hit points. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Go for it, buddy. <laughs> I am level 50. Uh, but oh, yeah. that's cute. So he's like, yeah, you absorbed the energy and used it to supercharge your power. And, uh, you know, just going to throw this out there. A little dark sidey again. Not saying you are dark side. I'm gonna. I, this one I'm a little confused about. I can see this as being dark side if he had like done that thing from the end of the Dark Knight Rises or Returns, uh, where he like where Superman absorbs that field of flowers. You know, if he had done some like Dark Sun uh, violation of the of the land and took taken energy from life around him, but he didn't. He just used hot water. Yeah, but Luke's like, look, just again, this is one of those things where. It's an ability that you have that if you use it, you might use it hastily. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, I'd almost want to warn him in a different direction and be like, look, I, I understand that you just found out you have a cool power, but it's going to be really hard to find sources of terrifying boiling water. So before you invest in a terrifying boiling water squirt gun to power your force abilities. <laughs> yeah, see, I would have been like. Yeah, dude, don't, like, jam your fist into a power outlet or something thinking you're going to get a good charge. Yeah, because the, the best I can figure, the only reason Luke seems to think that this power could potentially be kind of dark side is because he heard that, this, that Vader did this once. Yeah, but I do like that, again, Horn's like, you know, I just used it to save someone's life, though. Yeah. Isn't that light side? And Luke's like, 
Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I, I guess there's potentially an argument that Luke's talking about the time when Vader ate all those lightning blasts from the Emperor <laughs> while, while throwing him off the bridge. Uh, that might be it, but I've always felt like Vader was hurt in that scene. Oh, yeah, that's that why was, he dies immediately yeah, afterwards. He's not, he's not absorbing that shit. He's, he's just enduring it. Yeah, but he's like, good job, you saved Tion, and also, Gantora saved Dorsk 81. <laughs> so before you go gloat that you won this one, he saved a guy too, okay? <laughs> you both absorbed energy and saved someone. Well, actually, I don't think I don't think Gantoris did the absorption thing. I think he just used his raw capability to save Dorsk. Oh, he just jumped out and he then also lifted a dude? Le- levitated a dude out because he could already levitate dudes and didn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> But yeah, Luke's like, well, okay, so Vader's the only person I know of who could do that, and this is the second time I've seen you do a Vader thing. I just, you know, I'm just throwing out there, I know that I have, like, three other students at least that are very dark side adjacent, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to keep picking on you. I just want to know, when did Vader, maybe you can help me out on this one, because I'm I'm not 100% clear on it, when did Vader use mind control? I don't know. I don't remember that being a big deal for Vader. Like, that wasn't really one of his biggest tricks. He was way more about force choking. If you, if you didn't did what he, if you didn't do what he wanted to, he didn't make you. He just fucking killed you. Oh. But, uh, so, anyway, yeah, he's like, don't be like my dad, okay, buddy? Oh. <laughs> and then the next morning, Korn goes out for a run, but realizes halfway through the run that he had woken up like two hours later than he meant to. Yeah, he fucked up. He was like, oh, man, we didn't get back until late because we all got fucked up because of the night training. And then when I went to sleep, I had horrible nightmares. Yeah, he has a weird dream. Uh, I don't do we get into his dream? I know we go into Luke's bad dream from that night. I don't remember if we go into his. Uh, Yeah, it's mostly him just trying to find Mirax. And then uh, he has a point where he tries to look at his hands and then it's bones. Oh, okay. Like, he has a very standard, like, and then my teeth fell out. I had creepy skeleton bones and I was late for calculus class. <laughs> yeah. I was or like, all right. If he had my bad dreams, it'd be like, and I had to go up a hill and every step I took, the hill got steeper. And my friends had already gone up the hill 10 minutes earlier before this weird phenomenon. They were up there like, what's wrong with him? Why are you so slow? And I was like, because it's a dream. And in the dream, I can tell you that it's a dream. I know that, but I can't affect change. I cannot (laughs) lucidly dream, but I understand what's happening. I know that I'm so slow and I can't run because of dream. All my dreams are anxiety based, which means they are all about frantically increasing complexity. It's (laughs) every single one of them is like, well, they're all like. There's my friends. I have to get to them. They're right there on the other side of this club. I will merely walk to where they are. Why are there so many pipes and random angles and (laughs) hallways and things in this club? Why has this suddenly become a level in Mario? That's that's every dream I ever have is that shit. (laughs) It fucking sucks. Let me tell you. So anyway, um, where was I going to get at? Uh, yeah, he he goes out for his run the next morning. Coincidentally, this lets him skip the instigation of one of the big moments from that book that this that we're in right now, the second Jedi Search series uh, book. Uh-huh. Because uh, when he's like, ah, oh, shit, I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. R- Luke's going to be mad at me. Well, I guess I'll get in trouble. Wait, how? Would, what would trouble even look like? Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, man, I know that technically it doesn't fucking matter and we're yeah. supposed to just do whatever. But, you know, I do like to train in the morning. But he's still trying to get his jog in anyway. Yeah. So by the time he he just steps up the pace, he doesn't turn around and head back or anything. But by the time he gets back, he can smell something's wrong. He can hear problems in the air. And 
as he comes through the clearing into where the uh, the rest of the group is supposed to be meeting, he sees that Cantoris and Luke are lightsaber fighting. Oh, yeah. He's like running through the forest, running through the forest. Why do I why do I hear lightsabers? Yeah, there's a very distinctive sound of lightsabers. And there is a point where he's like, well, this this can't be practice. They wouldn't start lightsaber practice without me. I'm one of the guys with a lightsaber. And he does at least have a moment where he goes, wait a minute, that's that's real up my own ass. It's <laughs> exceptionally irrelevant. There's only two lightsabers besides Luke's here on the planet. He's like, he's not there. He's not going to start lightsaber training for you and Cam and no one else. Yeah, he was just like, oh, uh, I figured that I would be the like one of the major ones if they were going to start doing that. But then he's like, oh, no, this isn't a practice. This is very clearly Gantoris attacking Luke. And Gantoris has the lightsaber I've been describing for years on the show, which uh, is the one that can where he has a button on it that can make it three times longer. Yeah, he has the grower, not a shower lightsaber. Yeah. So him and Luke are, are, are sparring, or not sparring, they're really fighting, but as Luke, or sorry, as Corrin arrives, he's like, oh, they're sparring. That's, oh, no. Oh, oh no. Oh. That is not the look of someone who is sparring. They are both deadly serious. Oh, okay. So in his own mind, he's like, what can I do about this? I can't run over and stop the fight because they have lightsabers. That would be dumb. Um, I, I don't have any ability in telekinesis, so mm -hmm. I can't use anything physically. And there's no way that by the time I run back to the temple, grab my lightsaber and run back, that I'm going to be able to affect anything. Yeah. And he's, you know, at that point, he's also like, I don't know, maybe I can try and put an illusion in Gantoris's mind. Yeah, but he, he reasons that out and comes to the conclusion that it'd probably be too dangerous. Either he could inadvertently hurt Gantoris or he could do it at the wrong moment where Luke is swinging and cause Gantoris to stand still and just die. So he's like, I better not fucking interfere. I, I, I should really just trust Luke anyway. Yeah. And the thing is, when he's watching it, Luke is straight up just like, and no, and nope. And then he makes the lightsaber bigger and he's like, that's very cute. And no. Yeah. There's a brief point where everyone else is scared when they see the lightsaber get bigger. Luke doesn't fucking care. No. The entire time that they are fighting, like Luke has not left the third circle of defense where he's like, no, I'm not really in any danger at all. And then the lightsaber gets bigger, and he's like, yeah, I'll go to the second. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not being pressured. Everything's fine. And at one point, he just flips up into a tree and looks down at Gantoris like, come on, buddy. Yeah. And at that point, they're they uh, they're farther away from the group than they had been, and they have a, a, a shouted exchange of words that no one can hear over the lightsabers. Uh, but then the fight keeps going, and eventually Luke wins because he dives into a tree or, or into a bush, Gantoris tries to swing at the bush, just scares an animal that was in the bush away, like a runyip or something. And as he's startled and reacting to the fact that he just almost hit some animal, Luke just pulls the lightsaber out of his hand with the force and just hovers it. And yeah, he's just like, and I'll take that and yeah. turn it off and hold on to that. Yeah. And he's like, you done? <laughs> are we, are we, uh, at this point, the moment the lightsaber comes out of Gantoris's hands, it's clear that something changed. He's just like, oh shit. What the, what, what happened? What did I, what did I do? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Gantoris is all of a sudden just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that he was so mind-controlled that he had no idea where he was. That's not what's happening here. He just had an extra burst of rage and confidence from somewhere. And Luke senses the change, too, because the next thing he does is flip the saber around and give it back to Gantoris. Yeah, he's just like, here you go, buddy. Here's your saber. And Gantoris runs off. Yeah. Because he is like, I 
fucked up. Yeah, so he just turns and fucking runs into the woods like a kid who shit himself at summer camp. <laughs> uh, really? Into the woods? <laughs> hey, don't look at me. I never shit myself at summer camp. That was a hypothetical story. Come on. We've all shit ourselves at summer camp. Let's be honest. <laughs> Look, I don't I'm, think I'm alone in saying that we've all shit ourselves multiple times over the last few days. In summer camp, <laughs> which is usually held in February. Usually. <laughs> uh, so, but yes, he uh, fucks off. And, and of course, Luke, go ahead. everyone comes back to see Luke and they're like, oh, what in the shit? And he's like, it's cool. Everyone just go back to your rooms. <laughs> Chill out. Maybe we'll take a pass on today. I'll tell you what. This is the third lesson in a row. Uh, granted, there's been lessons between all of these because this is a very much a vignette style story. But this is the third lesson described in a row where I was like, whoops, a doops. Everyone back. Uh, pick it up tomorrow. Hey, but this time he's. Why don't we all reflect on what we've learned today? <laughs> it's, it's the difference is that this time Luke is so rattled by the thing that just happened that he force suggests everybody to go home. He's go like, all right, everybody, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's just go to your rooms. And and uh, Corrin picks up a little bit of, like, force-powered suggestion in that that he shakes off. Because he's too coppish to uh, to be like, yeah, I've got no further questions. I'd like to go back to my room. I agree with you that there's nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like, hey, man, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> and Luke's like, I knew you wouldn't leave. God damn it. First all right, of all. Fine. <laughs> And he's like, eh, it's fine. You saw what happened at the end. We we finished the fight. He was done. And that was it. And he's like, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> that's not how this works. Okay. He just tried to murder you. And he and Luke's like, yes, what about it? Because one thing that the one thing that that Corrin can do wrong on on uh, Jedi planet is question Luke too much. Because mm -hmm. eventually Luke will be like, quit questioning my methods, dude. Just. I, I'm doing what I am doing because because the first thing that Cornhorn does here is he's like we got to punish this guy yeah he's, he's attacked like, with a lightsaber how are we going to punish him and Luke's like I don't punish that we're not going to punish him what what are we going to punish him for and he's like we tried to kill you he's like nah he didn't he, and even he, if he tried to attack me it was pointless he wasn't ever close and also he like. The reason to punish someone would be to make sure they don't do it again. I want you to just barely reach out and feel the waves of remorse and regret coming off of him right now. Yeah, and so Corrin reaches out and he's like, he's like, wow, yeah, he is definitely sad and won't do it again. But retributive justice is a proven function, Luke. It works. I recommend Focal's total punishment. <laughs> yeah, Foucault's. he's like, well, what if we get him on a technicality? He shouldn't have a lightsaber. And Luke's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Go take his lightsaber. It'll turn him into a Sith. That's the whole thing with training Jedi is you got to be light handed about the whole thing. <laughs> and, you know, for this entire thing, Korn will not give up the cop shit. He's like, no, nah, we got to put this dude in prison. We have to do corporal punishment on this bitch. Yeah. And, you're, and Luke is like, my dude, <laughs> one, fuck you. <laughs> Two, no, that <laughs> revenge and getting back at people and punishment like that mm -hmm. is dark side. That's some horse shit. I'm not doing that. None of these things you're recommending I'm doing. And Corn's like, all right, well, at least tell me this. 
what did he yell at you when you guys had that conversation? And I asked him where it looks like fine. I asked him where he got the lightsaber and he said, I'm not the only teacher here. <laughs> and Gordon's like, okay, so that's gotta freak you out a little bit. <laughs> that is deadly serious. Luke, Luke, come on. <laughs> Give me that one at least. And Luke's like, yeah, all right. All right. That one's got me rattled. <laughs> the fact that, yes, there is someone who was able to teach Gantoris how to make a lightsaber, someone dark side, and someone I haven't been able to detect. Yes. That freaks me out. That's got, you got me. Yeah. You, you, you happy now? Luke Skywalker's a little freaked out. Are you you really jazzed about that one horn? I mean, the, there's another part where they do wonder if he learned it from the holocron. Like, oh, yeah. And he's like, no, the no, holocron's not going to teach holocron you shit like that. The holocron would have taken one look at him and been like, you're not ready for this shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, plus, I don't think that holocron has a secret for building extra double, th triple crystal lightsabers. Some Someone taught him a weird trick. <laughs> One weird trick that I did not want him to Jedi know. Jedi Masters hate it. <laughs> so please, now that we've had this conversation, fine, you can be in charge of the investigation over whoever taught him that, but let's keep a light hand for the moment. Leave him alone and just go to your room like I fucking told you. <laughs> we will. Later this afternoon, pick it up again, but my God, <laughs> just keep it in your pants Five minutes, my man. Have you ever been a teacher? Do you know how bad I need a cigarette? Look, I'm going to wheel the TV in. We're going to watch something, and that's it. That's what we're doing today. Today's a rain day. We're going to watch Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Look, instead of reading Last of the Mohicans, we are watching Last of the Mohicans, and that is how we are doing today. That reminds me of the time one of my teachers gave up and put on Romeo and Juliet, only to realize that it was like a version that had a long, extended nude scene in it. Nice. <laughs> and then she tried to cover it by just holding a piece of paper on the TV. Wow. It was amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whereas mine was an actual story of my sophomore year English teacher who we never read shit. It was like, hey, are we going to read any Arthurian legend? No, I'm going to show you Camelot. <laughs> here's Last of the Mohicans and here's Moby Dick. And I'm like, you're a piece of shit and I hate you. Well, the, by the time I actually read any actual Arthurian legend, I was like, good. It's good. This usually gets adapted. <laughs> <laughs> In that class. Because it was the only time I wasn't in honors or AP English, mm -hmm. our assignment for the Arth Arthurian legends was to color a map of England <laughs> like a goddamn preschooler. Yeah, I had that one year as well where I got stuck down in a lower English class, and one of my assignments was to draw a picture representing something I liked from the old man in the sea. Yeah. I, I turned in a green piece of paper that had the words darn the darn fog written on it, ah. and I, I think I got a B. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I was like, I'm not drawing shit. I can't draw. This isn't drawing class. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I will get 100% A's in AP English, and I will get a D in regular English because I am so angry at you right now. <laughs> I refuse to do your bullshit. <laughs> I believe the line was actually Dern the Dern Fog before I get any letters from people. Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> Last chapter. Last chapter. Uh, this, this one... I want, does this one open with Luke? No, it doesn't open with Luke talking to Cornhorn. This one is just Corn standing alone in his room and then sensing something's wrong and running off to investigate. And we get to one of the centerpieces from the second book in that old Jedi Academy trilogy. Yeah. He's hanging out and he's like, I smell something fucked up. I've smelled this smell before and it's never a good one. Nope. That's, that's human meat that I'm smelling. <laughs> that is some long pig, my friend. <laughs> oh, shit. 
And he goes running, and he is, like, the last one to get there, though. Well, that's because he doesn't live on the room quarters. He lives in a fucking pilot warehouse on the bottom floor. He had to wait until the fucking smell wafted down there. So by the time he gets there, every other student and Luke are at the uh, entrance of Gantoris' room, where Gantoris is a crispy critter. Yes, Gantoris has burned alive and is now no longer alive. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, <laughs> this is Cornhorn's chance to show cop value because he immediately tries to take over the room. Oh, yeah. He's like, all right, all uh, right, here we go. I'm going to want to interview here. every one of you. Luke, I suspect you because you're the strongest. And Luke, he literally is like, Luke, how did did you? And, and Luke's like, do you seriously think I did this? Oh, yeah. The, the wheels on him. This is the first time we've seen Skywalker mad ever. <laughs> As he spins around, he's like, the fuck did you just... Did you just accuse me of murdering one of my students with melting powers? It's like, all right, look, I'm just saying you're the only one I know strong enough to burn someone from the inside out, maybe. And he's like, I'm sorry, but fuck you. (laughs) Out? (laughs) Fuck you? Ocean. (laughs) Ocean moon. It's near enough. Bye. Go. (laughs) 15 laps of the ocean moon. I want you to fly into the ocean. (laughs) Yeah, he realizes right away after he was like, well, the only person strong enough to do this would have been you, Luke. And Luke's like, the fuck did you just... This is the point where Horn's like, oh, shit. Okay, no, I'm I'm pushing too hard. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, let's dial the cop back a little. (laughs) I just remembered I'm in... I'm in the mode. Okay, hang on. No, I don't think Luke did this. It was definitely one of these other people. I do like that he immediately, at least for Luke, is like, okay, but you do have a trained detective eye. Tell me what you see. And he's like, all right, no accelerant. So he wasn't, you know, doused and lit. Yes. He's no also, smell of any fuels or anything like that. Yeah. He's got some clothes left. And he's like, and you see the little dangly bits over here. Normally, if someone were like burned to death. The little ends and bits of your flesh would have melted off and yeah. be gone. He still has like fingertips and earlobes and stuff. It looks more like he got flash fried from the inside. So whatever happened to him, it happened from the inside out. Like he ate a bomb. Yeah. He he 100% Tasmanian deviled a bomb and he, then went. And also it's clear he was fully awake and alert when it happened because he is screaming. He's in a rictus of death and pain. We it, can see that there are lightsaber marks mm-hmm. on the wall. So he's like. All right, well, he definitely tried to fight whoever was here, but very clearly didn't connect because there's not also another dead guy. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I want to establish a perimeter. I want to start looking into who could have possibly done this. I want to further my investigation into who the guy is that apparently was teaching him lightsaber uh, building abilities. And Luke, at least at this point, is like, okay, so let me let you in on a little secret. Uh, Gantoris told me that there was a dark man that would be his doom when I first met him. He thought I was a dark man that was going to kill him. And after the death jacuzzi incident, he came up to me and said, I know you're not the dark man now. So probably this dark guy is here. And he's like, all right, well, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So we're going to research what that is, especially because all of us have been hanging out on this planet the whole time, sensing everything. Like their whole plan, we did whole days of exercise where we just sat around trying to sense each other, and none of us sensed an evil Sith guy who was apparently crazy powerful. And, you know, you might chalk that up to, we are students, Mm -hmm. but, you know, 
Luke has not sensed anything, so he's like, this guy's gotta be nuts. Yeah. Like, super powerful, or has some weird way, one weird trick. Yeah, so he's like, alright, here's the deal, I'm dropping all pretenses, uh, except for your name, from now on you're in cop mode, go solve this, you have full access to Tion and the Holocron, whatever you need from the two of them, you can solve this shit with them. Yeah, and he's like, look, I had a nightmare, and... Yeah, he has his nightmare. Uh, in the nightmare, I was here on Yavin, but it was like way before when there were still people living here. The Masasi people still lived here, yep. And uh, I was with my dad and he tried to get me to do dark side shit and I was like you're not my dad. <laughs> and he was like, aha, I'm not! And then he like burned everything down in front of me. So Yeah, he turned into darkness and so I assume that is the dark man. Mm -hmm. So I want you to figure out the history of this place. Start with Liam Neeson. <laughs> Why? Wasn't he the Dark Man? No? No, he wasn't. Who played Dark Man? Dark Man? Yeah. I don't know. Might have been Liam Neeson. <laughs> I thought it was Liam Neeson. It could have been. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, not me, apparently. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah. He, he's like, okay, you're going to have to solve this problem. Uh, but other than that, we're going to go right back to business as usual. I am not losing another one. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I want you to come at it from the uh, what's wrong with this planet angle mm -hmm. and see if you can find anything weird someplace that someone might be able to hide, like down in the fucking caves where we were. You know, investigate the planet and what's going on. I'm going to go the other route and do the force angle because I'm good at it and you're not. Yeah. So I'm going to try and do that. Keep a feeler out. Keep an eye on other people in case, you know, anyone tries to come to them, too. Mm -hmm. So this leads to Corrin uh, heading off to investigate at the Holocron. And he finds Tion, who has never seen anyone cooked alive before. So she is just on the ground on her knees, just sobbing. Yeah. Not having a good day. She's had a rough one. Oh, yeah. And of course, <laughs> what does what does Corrin Horn think about this sobbing woman? Hey, it's always hotter when they cry. <laughs> kind of hot, though, right? Ooh, look at that. Mmm. Ah, look at the tears on this Ooh, one. Ooh, vulnerable. <laughs> no, nope, I'm married. Nope, nope. I'm a good man. If you were a good man, you wouldn't have led with that. Ah. <laughs> but he comes in, and she's like, oh, you gotta think that I'm just, like, the weakest, shittiest person right now. Right after you saved my life yesterday, and now here I am crying on the floor about a dead body, and he's like... No, that's not the worst I've seen. That You haven't lived my life. I'm inured to that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. It's honestly better yeah. your reaction than mine, because my reaction on seeing someone cooked alive was, huh, look at the weird bits on that guy. Yeah. That's fucked up. I'm fucked up. You're okay. And she's like, why? What the fuck did you do? And again, he has to be like, oh, shit, right. <laughs> uh, uh, look, I've had a weird life. It's <laughs> not important right uh, now. I worked in a crematorium. Let's not go into it. I just uh, need the holocron. Let's change the subject. <laughs> and at this point, yeah, Bodo Boss comes on out and he's like, yes, what do you need to know? And they're like asking him some minor questions. But Tion is mostly interested in in uh, Kieran Halcyon. So she actually mentions him by name. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you know, I'll, maybe someday I'll learn about Kieran Halcyon. And Bodo Boss is just like, Kieran Halcyon was a Jedi that lived, you know, 400 years, 400 years ago. ago and did some cool stuff on uh he, he uh resolved the Altafara Altafara crisis which is a xenophobia thing where humans tried to drive out the Salonians and drow from from uh, Corellia. Yeah. He's like and he was the Jedi that stopped that shit from happening. 
Yeah, and and he pops up a hollow of him on screen and everything, and it kind of looks like Cornhorn, but like a little burlier and with a with an ancient beard. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like if Cornhorn was was like an eight instead of a five. Yeah, just a bigger, cooler version of him pops up, and Cornhorn, to his own credit, is just like, oh, that guy looks rad, and he's like smiling. He's like, oh, that's my ancient ancestor. Neat. I'm glad oh, to know he's aliens. I'm really happy to see he's in here and did something important. That's good to know. And then there's a moment where <laughs> where. Tion's like, uh, how come you're in that holocron? <laughs> yeah, she's just like, so, you know, some weird shit has been happening lately. Please don't. Are you, are you this guy? And he's like, no, I'm just named for him. I'm, I'm just, I'm just named after him, and, and we look alike. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. I am not a resurrected version of this dude. Do not worry. I'm not a force ghost. I'm, I. <laughs> I'm definitely not a cop pretending to be a guy named this guy. I love that this is my one thing that I was complaining about like three episodes ago, where I was like, pick a fucking different name. You don't need to be named after this, this Jedi. It's not cute. It's not useful. It is only a liability. And then what do we find here in this fucking holocron going like, ah, yes, Kieran Halcyon. Here's a big obvious picture of him. I sure hope no one is impersonating him. I am a holocron. <laughs> no. Because again, you're just like, yeah, I'm named after him. He had to that come shit up, happens. He had to come up with a lie. If he had come up with a, with a different name earlier, he just wouldn't have even had to come up with that lie. Ah. All I'm saying, he got lucky that this happened in front of just Teon. If this happened in front of a still alive Gantoris, he would have been like, I smell lies on you. <laughs> but I mean, even then, he thinks, no, this was a good thing that I had this name because I had to start losing myself in a different person because Corin Horn would not become a Jedi mm. because I would have to be hero of the beach, Corin no, Horn. Yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't need to pick a different identity. All I'm saying is it doesn't need to be a famous identity that is easily tracked and researched. Hey, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's famous. <laughs> it's famous to this fucking bug in this hologram. Yeah, that's like... Googling someone and finding a hit on Google and being like, famous they are. I could find them in a search database. I mean, the one thing is that he he picked someone from so long ago that it's fine. If he, if he had been like, yeah, my name is uh, John Quincy Adams, then people would be like, that's weird. You're named after the sixth president. And he could be like, yeah, well, you know. Yeah, well, my dad was, a lot of you people, know, A lot weird. of people are. Uh, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> my, my, we, my dad had the last name Adams, and he decided to be cute about it. John <laughs> Cute Adams, he wanted to name me. So so anyway, I just I just find it hilarious that, that, that the thing I had brought up from three, like three episodes ago came to pass, even if it wasn't a super... Of course it isn't, because the book is written so that nothing really super bad is going to happen to his plan. Well, no. But but I'm <laughs> just like, just name yourself Weebwob McChubbo or something. Don't... You don't... <laughs> Vagina butthole. <laughs> ah, vagina butthole. He resolved a different crisis 600 years before the last guy. <laughs> there are exactly so many like Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> then he fell to the dark side. I am increasingly suspicious. Uh, but that's basically the end of it, is they're like, all right, let's start looking into some holocron shit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe one day you'll tear down those walls, Kieran. And he's like, ha ha, no, I won't. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, well, if I do, I want you to write the ballad of Kieran Halcyon. And she's like, ha, you got a deal, I will, because I'm a balladeer. <laughs> That'll happen. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter. Bye. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh, 
Okay, well, I guess we'll look at a holocron then, but that's boring, so <laughs> chapter over. <laughs> thank you for thank you for these lighthearted jokes. I almost feel like a terrifying murder did not recently occur. <laughs> I almost feel like I didn't just see a weird deep-fried man half a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, all these lighthearted jokes about who I am and how you're going to write a song about me someday really make me forget the blooming Gantoris I just encountered. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it's nice and all, but I'm still getting wafts of that coming in, so... Are you hungry for tri-tip? I'm starting to get real hungry for tri-tip. God, do, do you have, like, a like pulled pork or something going? <laughs> God, that'd be good. Why am I so hungry? <laughs> I want to get, like, a Reuben. <laughs> I mean, I want to eat a guy named Reuben. <laughs> I want a real rare steak, nice and bloody. <laughs> Hey, where's Brackus? <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon with yet more Star Wars content. Or you can meet us at our Patreon, patreon.com slash system mastery, where we make the best bonus content in the business. Uh, in this case, at the $2 level. <laughs> in this case, that's a lie. No, there's no way that's a lie. We're the only people making this dumb shit. <laughs> the best in the business, if you mean the business of our podcast. I, and I do. <laughs> So find us at patreon.com slash system mastery support us at the $2 level. You'll unlock the bonus content where we go to Wikipedia, find crazy stories about star Wars and come back and tell them to you. That's right. And, uh, it's good. That'll also unlock the bonus content for our system mastery podcast. Mm -hmm. And you can bump up to the $5 level, get you the TV mastery where we're going through just a bunch of weird nonsense. And next up is, <laughs> some cartoons based on R-rated properties. Really excited about that. Looking at some nonsense that happened in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And uh, then that also gives you the monthly afterthought and, you know, gives you access to the places in the Discord where you can ask us questions. We answer them on that show. We talk about random shit. And hey, friend of the show, Claire, was on the most recent one. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to post that pretty soon, probably the end of next weekend. So that'll so, be great. That'll be a good time. You'll, you'll get a chance to enjoy that. Uh, and then also we have a new book coming out. That's the last plug I want to do today. Uh, du a Dungeon Meister cookbook coming soon to uh, both store shelves and your favorite web distributors. You can purchase it on uh, SimonAndSchuster.com. You can purchase it on Amazon. It is, I believe, less than 20 bucks, and it is 75 amazing party recipes with a nerdy slant to them. Perfect for your next game night. I High quality. The fact that it's under twenty bucks is nonsense. It's under twenty bucks. It's full color with photography of everything. Yeah, no, it's art spreads. It's nuts. Way too nice for the price. You should pick it up. You, you really should. It's going to make a great <laughs> gift, and it's going to be a great cookbook. I'm really excited to see it come out. So once again, that's the Dungeon Meister cookbook. You can find it on Amazon. It's real easy to locate. Go and purchase it in advance, and let them know that they should keep giving us books to write because I like writing books. <laughs> And other than that, thank you so much. I've been Elan Sleeves Bagano. And I love death sticks after I have a nice pastrami sandwich. Who's hungry?